Welcome to Equippers Church, Dunedin. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live at our city campus. For more information, check out equipperschurch.com. Please have a seat. I love coming to Dunedin. I think it's my third time. I've been here in 2015, 17, and I was supposed to be here last October. I was the guy who missed his plane, his flight by one day. I just turned up a day late at the airport, which was very embarrassing, and I love your pastors. They are so forgiving to having me back. Uh, I know them for, I think it's 18 years that we've known each other, and you're very blessed to have them as your um, senior leaders, so you're awesome. I love being here, and I'm here to learn from you as well. So that's a, a great day um, to be here and observe how you build church and how you trust God on your journey. I just got a couple of pictures with me, one of my family. So I'm a father of six. That's my home church. I got five boys and uh, one girl, one wife. Um, that helps being a pastor. And... Uh, then uh, I got a picture of, of uh, our church in Zurich. So we actually could take over this building. It's an old building. Um, in, I got one what it looks in the ins, on the inside. So the inside is a bit more modern than outside. And um, in the meantime, we actually have three campuses just uh, along Lake Zurich. One we, we planted during COVID. And the other one I just got offered uh, a year ago, a church approached me and said, we're a declining church, we need some fresh wind. And so we actually got a prophecy from pa Pat Sparrow, he's a pastor in the States. Has he been here? Yeah, yeah so he actually prophesied in 2014 that there will be five fires around Lake Zurich. And, um, you know, sometimes with prophetic words, you, you, you kind of... You get them, you're excited about it, but you don't know what to do about it. And um, anyhow, it's too big to do it. So this, these two fires actually just have happened. It's nothing we have planned. It hasn't been part of our vision. It's just really God has initiated it, and that's the exciting part of it. And um, yeah, so there we are. God is good. He does good things, and I love being part of Equippers. I celebrated in February my 20 years being an Equipper. And uh, it's just exciting to see what God has been doing over 20 years, the stories, and how people have developed. That's the most amazing thing. If you stay on track, serving God, being faithful, what God can do in 20 years. If you come tonight, I share a bit my story. I would love you to hear it, and I would love you to bring a friend, because I'm also going to share the, t the, the gospel and, and how it unfolds to become something significant for God, because I believe that's what we're called to be. Amen? You know, when I was here last time, six years ago, I preached on bridges. That's my big passion. And I, today, I'm going to show some more bridges, because that's just my, my big hobby. Uh, but it's not the same message, so don't be worried. And I brought you a picture of the new Jalakuta Bridge in Honduras. Have you seen this one? It's a funny one, huh? So basically, in, two, in 1981, um, Hurricane Mitch just devastated this area, and somehow it changed the course of the river. And the Japanese 
construction firm, they're still boasting on their website how their bridge survived the hurricane. But the problem is, it completely lost its purpose. And I love this. It's a great metaphor for where the church is at in many, I think worldwide. You know, we've survived COVID. We're still standing. Yeah, all the lockdowns. But I realized many people lost connections and lost purpose. It just, there was a, yeah, just going back, kind of um, retreating. And now, what am I here for? What is church for? And, you know, it became easy to watch at home. It just became easy to turn up every now and then. But it's a dissatisfaction. You realize, man, this, I'm not on purpose. And this morning, I just really want to talk about what church is all about. And how you, what, what's your purpose when you come to church, or one of them, I kind of do the whole thing. What do you can do, what's your purpose when you come to church, if you're young and if you're old? Are you with me? So let's dive into a great scripture on page 110. Or Exodus 3, verse 13 till 15. Moses, so Moses just had this encounter at the burning bush. And here goes. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. He said it in a much deeper voice, you know. <laughs> this is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent you to me. God also said to Moses, say this to the Israelites. The Lord, the God of your fathers, and now this is important, the God of Abraham, the God of Jacob, and the God, uh, the God of Isaac and of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever. The name you shall call me from generation to generation. You know, we think in days, events, maybe years, but God thinks in generations. He thinks generationally, we could say. And this scripture is not an insight to like a family tree, but I believe it's an insight into God's heart, what he's really about, because he builds generationally. He loves generation. He thinks in generations. And this morning, I've got a good news, good news, and bad news. Let's start with the bad one. When I talk about the older generation this morning, you know who it is? It's you. It's you, 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 it's you. Everyone in this room, when I talk about it, all the generation, can you quickly lift your hand? It's you. Maybe if you're under six years, you don't have to lift your hand. But I have some good news. When I talk about the young generation, it's you, 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 you. You can all lift your hands. Because pretty likely, there is someone who's older than you. Yeah. 
The title of this message is actually Sandwich Church. We are the Sandwich Church. Who's a sandwich child? You know, if you're the middle child, you know, like, you know, psychology says, like, they're actually very successful people because they have to find their purpose. It's not automatically because, you know, the firstborn, he gets the privileges, and then you're the last one, the third, and you get really spoiled. And the one in the middle is like, who am I? And I think in, in church, we are sandwich children. We are in between. Because there's a generation before us and a generation behind us. And we just got to realize what our purpose is. And then we're going to really succeed. That's, that's uh, my, my try in this, uh, in this um, message. So let's go back to the scripture. We can yeah. So... It says the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And this is from generation to generation. When I read this, there were two things really irritating me. The first one is, you can show the next slides, that the names there are, that are shown. So we've got Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Why on earth is God not using the name Israel for Jacob? Because 21 chapters before, um, Jacob was wrestling with God, and he changed his name. So did God forget what he called Jacob? That's irritating. And the second thing that's irritating me in that list from uh, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob is Abraham. Because... He wasn't an Abraham that time. He was an Abram. Like Abraham means God of many nations. But he was actually, Abram means exalted father. He just had one child. So why does God say, call himself the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? And I think it has a lot to do with that generational thinking of God. Because he called Jacob Israel because God identifies with someone who's not finished yet. Jacob means schemer. He, he was lying. You know, he had a great promise, but he, he wasn't there yet where he should have been. And I love that God actually says, like, I can relate to that. And also, we can think, you know, Abram, the older generation, he, he was an Abram. You know, we can get so cynical and say, oh, no, you know, God, God actually promised big things, but it, it didn't happen. It didn't happen. He was still, you just bring down to earth. But God said, no, no, there's a promise in him, so that's why I call him Abram. So give me the next slide, because this is now important for us. You know, we are the middle generations. Like, where we are today where you are at today, you are an Isaac, and we have a very important purpose. So in order to, to you know, help the generation before, so there are Abrams before us. There's people in our life and in our midst as well, because, you know, we, we represent different generations. There are people, that they got God-given promises that haven't been fulfilled. 
And, you know, I know many churches, there's been pastors before they declared, we're going to reach the city. And, you know, and then the next pastor comes and he says, we're going to reach the city. And there's other people in the auditorium thinking, yeah, already the one before said that. And, but, you know, because God gives promises to someone, and quite often, because God's promises are so big, they're not going to come true in one generation because God thinks generationally. So in order to see what God has actually started, you got to, you can show the next slide. This is what Isaac, as the middle generation, had to do. He had to build a bridge to what else before. He had to honor what God has started in Abraham's life. And at the same time, he had to bless the schemer Jacob. You know, it's hard to, like, sometimes the next generation, they're like, oh, they're not capable. Oh, man, what they're doing, how they live and everything. You can get easily dis discouraged. But as the middle generation, as a sandwich church, we have two functions, two purposes. We have to honor and we have to bless in order to see what God is actually doing through us. So you're in Isaac this morning because you're in the middle there's people before and people who come after you I want to just dive into a couple of bridges just to illustrate you how we are supposed to connect and build bridges so the first one is how important it is for the younger generation to be a bridge to be bridge builders for the older I got a picture from from a great aqueduct in Segovia. So this is the, uh, the best preserved Roman construction in Spain. It was built in 98 AD. So it's 1,920 years old. And it's amazing. It was made of granite blocks that were just stuck on each other without using any mortar. So it's lasted that long. And its purpose was to transmit fresh spring water from the nearby mountains over a distance of 17 kilometers. And the Spanish writer Miguel de Unamuno writes about this. And he writes that this aqueduct has been serving faithfully for, for 60 generations. It was the reason why Segovia as a city really flourished. Brought fresh spring water. But then, the preservationists of historic monuments had a apparently great idea. They thought, oh, come on, let's preserve this. Let's give this monument a rest. It had its day. And they started building new water pipes and the fresh cooling water that came from the mountains bypassed the aqueduct. And something happened that no one could foresee. Within a couple of years, this beautiful monument started falling apart. Something that has lasted centuries. Because the heat of the Spanish sun 
has hit the granite blocks. And they got, well, it was sandy. They were missing the freshness, the fresh water. And I love this. You know, it's a great picture of, actually, of many people in church. They've been faithfully serving. They've been faithfully coming to church over centuries. Some, some could be centuries. <laughs> over decades. Let's go there. Huh? They've been there. But somehow, you know, they stopped serving. They stopped maybe even having a purpose in church. Maybe it's you. Maybe you just feel like I'm attending, but who bothers? It's like, this, this would work without me. And I tell you what, it has something to do that you got disconnected from the freshness. And I really believe that's the younger generation that brings the freshness into your life. It's the younger generation that makes you relevant again. Because you might have had your days, but actually a younger generation is really dependent on what you bring to the plate. This church is really dependent on that journey you've made with Christ over years in order to flourish. And you're wasting maybe your life if you're disconnected. You're wasting your life and you feel like, who am I? What am I here for? I had my days. But I tell you, if you're still alive, you haven't had your days. You have your days still. It's God still using you. It's God still having a purpose for you. And it's really needed that you possibly, after this service, just think about how am I going to reconnect with the younger generation? Because they bring the freshness into your life and you're going to blossom. So we, we t I'll show you the, the picture of our building. We took over the Apostolic Church of Zurich 10 years ago. We celebrated just in um, January our 10 years anniversary. There was 30 people left, predominantly elderly people. And our, just when we had celebrated our 10 years anniversary, our oldest member came up to me. She's 83. And she was just raving about the service because we played all the, the songs over the last 10 years, that our hits, but the last <laughs> And we, we, you know, when we started, we were very enthusiastic. We were very passionate. And our praise was crazy. We did crazy praise at that time. And, you know, it was a shock to the system in that church. And I shocked to the people how crazy we were in praise. And they, they were struggling at the start. But she came to me and she said, oh, Dan, I love hearing those praise songs again. You know what? Dan, they awakened my faith again. She was the only one who really loved it because many, many of the young people, you know, after 10 years, and they, they were shocked how passionate we were. But it did something with her. And she's come alive with 83. You know, her last 10 years have been really productive in faith. And she's a, she's a great grandma in our house, someone people look up to. But she could have been just one of these leftover people, and now we're building the new thing. But her, her decision was, I'm going to connect with the young. And the young have made her alive again. And I'm wondering whether you should get some freshness in your life. Just reconnect.
I got a, a second picture, which is the Kezwajaka Bridge in Peru. Can you see it? Okay. This is 20 meters long. It's 1.2 meters wide. And every year in June, they rebuild it because it's, it's made of, you can show the next picture, it's made of iku grass. And the woman braids the strings from eco grass. And then you can show the next picture. The man knot and link. Oh, that's how you. Next picture. And then the man knot the strings, the, the ropes. And you know, there's 700 people from the surrounding villages involved to build that bridge. It's something they've been doing for the last 500 years. From generation to generation. In fact, it's the last functioning Incan suspension bridge in the world. And the UNESCO um, it just has put it on the list of the intangible cultural heritage um, list. So it's very inspiring. And it has only worked because an older generation has connected with a younger, has reached out and then and transferred some knowledge, transferred some skills and have, have contributed so that something is going on. This bridge is vital to the life for the surrounding villages. But every year, you know, because it's made of grass, it kind of declines, and you have to bring something fresh. You have to bring something new. Again, like if the generations don't work together, it will be the end. And I'm wondering how many churches haven't really broken through with what God has promised because the church didn't realize we need to work together. Let me read you Psalm 78. Verse 3 to 4, it says, I will teach you hidden lessons from our past. Stories we have heard and known. Stories our ancestors handed down to us. So great attention, intentions. We will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about his power and his mighty wonders. Great intentions. But then we skip a couple of verses and we go to verse 9 till 12. And now we're in the reality. The warriors of Ephraim, though armed with vows, turned their backs and fled on the day of battle. So that's the younger generation, well equipped. They had all the gear. They might have had the skills, but they didn't have the faith. And it goes on. They did not keep God's covenant and refused to live by his instructions. 
they forgot what he had done. The great wonders he had shown to them. The miracles he did for their ancestors on the plain of Soran in the land of Egypt. It's one of these shocking, shocking scriptures. But this is reality. This is when I look at churches. This is when I look at our church. Like we have young people, they're ready to go. They want to go. They are available. But they don't have the capacity of faith. And you know whose fault it is? the older generation you know one of the most devastating phone calls I had in my life was when I used to live in London I was 24 at the time and my sister rang me early 20s she's gone through like a bit of a challenging time we grew up in a Christian home but suddenly she was questioning whether this is real. And she taught me these words. You know, Dan, I look at my church where I go to, and there's no one who's 20 years older who lives a life I could say it's worth to continue the, the path with Jesus. I still get goosebumps when I say this. You know, it hit me. It hit me. There was no role model in her church. No one she said like, man, it's worth it. It's worth it. Somehow, they just become mediocre Christians. Or somehow they just didn't turn up anymore. Somehow they just didn't expose what was there. Because I believe there were people, I knew some of them. But they stayed quiet. They just turned up some of them just thought yeah I, I i worked hard in the kingdom of god before now it's my time just to sit down a bit settle just being a spectator i tell you as much hurt as much as it hurt me a vision was born that lunchtime she called me and i said i want to be Always a role model for younger people. And I want to I wanna be 20 years further in faith. You know, that it's not, I don't want to be 20 years older and maybe three months further in faith. I want to be 20 years further in faith. I want to do this for real. I don't want to fight battles without sharing that I've overcome. I don't want to go through stuff and think this is not important for anyone, I'm glad I just got through because everything I go through yeah. is gonna be important for the next generation. You know, we learn from people above us yeah. and it's vital in order to build faith. We had the privilege last year to do a three month sabbatical and we went to the States and my son, just becoming a teenager, you know, as much as you pour into their lives and your kids, it's still a miracle if somehow they get it. And I love, there's a, 
uh, an African proverb, it says, it takes a village to raise a child. Well, in modern days and Western Europe and Western world, I would say it takes a church or a community to raise a child. I was so blown away what this trip did to my son. You know, it was church was not that important. He kind of had faith. But he went to youth there. And somehow he caught something fresh. But then the amazing thing was, on Sunday we would rock up with all our clan, you know, with all the kids and check-ins. We had to go a half an hour early with six kids to do all the check-ins. It's like, that, that takes ages. So we start with the, with the younger ones and, and my older son, he just tagged along. And as we would check in the three-year-old, as we would check in the five-year-old, as we would check in the, the eight-year-old and the ten-year-old, he suddenly saw his friends, his mates, his peer from youth serving on Sunday at kids. So these were the ones doing the check-ins. It did something with him. Part of that church is if you're a young adult, you attend young adult and you serve at youth, as youth leaders. If you're youth, you attend youth, but you serve the next generation, the kids. It goes on. If you're 50, you serve families. And, and so on. And you know, we got back from a sabbatical. We came back on a Saturday. We went on Sunday to church, totally jet-lagged. I, I had to leave 7.30 in the morning. And my son came to me and said, Daddy, I want to come with you. I'm not going with mommy and the rest. I come with you. I want to serve at kids. And it just took some others who were a bit further than him to impart the faith. And these days, he's going strong. And I'm, I'm, so, I'm so grateful that there's people who are further and actually imparting into him. And they show and they model. He's got role models. And it's role models that really help him to discover who he is. He's, he's a young guy who's now got purpose. You know, there's another generation that built a bridge for him to connect with what God is doing now and what God is doing with the church. And he suddenly fi found himself. He's not just a PK. He feels like, I'm a valid part in this church, not just a pastor's kid. You know, I'll show you my vision of church. It's, it's another picture. This is it, Venice. This is my vision of church. Venice has got 391 bridges. And it would be just a normal lagoon which would be hard to get around. You would have all the time wet feet. You would need to swim or take a boat. But because over the years, someone has built a bridge. Now you go there. And if you're a hard-out walker, you can walk through the entire city within a day. But this, it's, it's a picture. Every bridge is that someone has overcome something. And it's there for the next generations to go over it because one person overcame. 
And you know, church is that kind of city where there's hundreds of people doing faith, fighting, struggling. Welcome to the club. Thank you for listening to this message recorded live at Equipus Church Dunedin. We pray that it blessed you. For more information, please check out equipuschurch.com.